Good morning, church. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? Amen. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Just a few announcements. Uh, every Monday, for those of you who are not aware, every Monday is our fasting and prayer Monday. Now, for those of you who might not be acquainted with fasting and praying, it's a spiritual discipline that really promotes spiritual growth. And many times we've got things that God wants to do in our hearts, but there are interferences that are happening, and fasting and praying assists us to get through that. And we also come together as a church on Mondays to be able to pray for families and pray for our nation and really just come before the Lord. So I want to encourage you, that is not a time only for the intercession ministry, because the Bible doesn't have such a ministry actually. Those are just the people who we have appointed to, to sort of spearhead that. But the intercessory ministry belongs to the believers. Amen? Look at the person next to you and say, pray. It's your calling. Amen? And uh, then the other announcement is uh, we've got Grow Courses starting this week. And uh, the Grow Course is going to be focused specifically on the subjects of singles and married couples, and we've got something also for divorced people. And this is specifically to go into the Word of God and give you a perspective about, about these subjects. And we know that relationships are quite something that, 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 that is pertinent at this time. And so we want to encourage you to make sure that you've registered, make sure that you've signed up, and we'll be here on Monday. And it's going to run for the next couple of weeks all the way to the 1st of August. So we really want to encourage you to participate in that. Amen. All right. And the other thing is, I really want to commend those who have been faithfully giving and sowing into our building. Uh, for those of you, you can see that, you know, we, we're starting to run out of space. This is not our permanent location. This is actually the, the, the portion that belongs to the youth ministry. Amen. So <laughs> the old people need to, you know, move out of the bedroom so that the kids can have their, their space. And so we're trusting God for so much. And how many of you believe that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we can ever ask or think? Amen. And we want to really encourage you, even in this time, regardless of what the economy is doing, we live in a different economy. Amen. God is able to take care of us apart from what's happening out there. Amen. All right. So this morning, uh, we're starting with, uh, we're continuing with our series called uh, The Little Foxes. And, uh, but before that, I just want to minister to a couple here. Uh, Julio and your wife, won't you please stand? <laughs> You know, as, as I've been praying the past couple of weeks, the two of you have been coming up in my heart often. And the Lord is really highlighting your home. And he's saying that he is busy bringing a purse into your house. A purse with money. Yeah. Into your house. And God is beginning to raise you as financiers in the kingdom of God. There's a grace of generosity that has gone beyond you. And God is, is going to supply grace unto you in such a way that you'll be amazed at what he's putting in your hand. And God is saying that I'm, I've called you to, to finance the kingdom of God beyond this nation. 
And he's going to open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you will not be able to contain it. And you might look at yourself, yeah, but I don't, I, I'm not a CEO yet. You know, don't look at that. God is able to bring supply to you from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. Promotion comes from the Lord. And so he is going to begin to open doors unto you. And you just need to be faithful to him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, keep standing. Keep standing. I, uh, there's someone here you are saying, but that prophetic word is also for me. Take it. It's yours. <laughs> so just stretch forth your hands. In fact, if that is also you, you feel a strong call for financing the kingdom of God, you can also stand right now. I'm just going to give you time. I see. I see. Yeah, you need to stand. It is. All right. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this, in this family, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, for everyone that's standing, Lord God whom you've called, Father God, as stewards of finance in the kingdom of God. And Father, we thank you. We release a grace, Lord God, in this new season to unlock, Father God, wealth in their lives, Lord God, and a grace of increased generosity that they'll begin to see, Lord God, your hand move in this area, that they'll begin to, to, to bring so much finance into the kingdom for the sake of the lost, for the sake of the poor, for the sake of the orphans, for the sake of the widows, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, so, so this morning we're dealing with the little foxes. And it comes from the Song of Solomon, chapter 2. It says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes. And the book of Song of Solomon has to do with, with a relationship between a man and a woman. And it's allegorical. It's also portraying the relationship between Christ and his church. But in every relationship, in every relationship, there is the potential of destruction that comes from factors that are around you. And it is your responsibility to be a good steward and to also catch those foxes that are spoiling the vine. How many of you know that Jesus already paid all the price that he's ever going to pay? Right? And some of us, we look up to heaven and say, Lord, I know you sent your son, but send, send someone else. Because <laughs> what I see in terms of the results, it doesn't seem like it was achieved. But when Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, he said, Tetelestai. He said, it is finished. Meaning, it is fully paid. How many of you, you've, you've gone out with some friends, and uh, you were at a restaurant somewhere, and then you realized that, what you ordered <laughs> compared to what you had in your pocket <laughs> is a situation. And uh, you started having this anxiety in your heart concerning the supply. Now you need to know that when you are sitting at the table of the Lord, in the kingdom of God, everything has been paid for. And you don't have to worry about what you need to order on that menu. You can order at the best part. Amen? Not only starters and veggies. <laughs> Amen? No offense to those who love veggies. So this morning we're dealing with a little fox of fits of anger. Fits of anger. The previous two weeks we've dealt with... The first week it was? Comparison and, comparison and competition. 
catching up or, 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 or keeping up with the Joneses. Right? And the second week, it was jealousy and envy. And now it's fits of anger. And we understand that what Christ has made available to the church is not only for good behavior. You must understand this. The Christian life is not just a life of compliance. It is a completely new life that is imparted to us. I've quoted it last Sunday. It says in the book of John, in the epistle of John, it says that there is this life that came from God. This life, this eternal life is in the Son. He who has the Son has this kind of life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have this kind of life. And this kind of life does not start when you die one day and you graduate to heaven. This kind of life starts the day you became born again. You are born again with the life of Christ in your spirit. This must become a revelation to you. Otherwise, you will be a good behavior Christian. And it is a far cry from what Christ has come to do on the cross. If God wanted good behavior, he'll send a book and say, follow the instructions accordingly. But he knew that by the law, no flesh could be justified. For thousands of years, the Jewish people were trying to comply with the law of Moses. And their best ones, the Davids and the Moseses themselves, were violating that. And so the Son of God was sent to us. He incarnated in order that we may receive the very life of God in us. Is that clear? That means that today all your excuses for not being able to live the life that God has called you for can fly out the window. This is good news. Amen? Because there is that other guy that always likes to give you excuses. You know that other guy. He always likes to give you excuses. Did God really, <clears throat> did God really say that you should not eat from every tree in the garden? And this morning we're dealing with fits of anger. And in our society, every time you open the newspaper, there's somebody that killed their family. There's some taxi driver that killed one of his passengers. There's some boyfriend that killed his girlfriend. And we live in an environment where men and women are giving full reign to their carnal passions. But there's a God in heaven that weeps because he didn't create mankind in this way. Galatians 5, verse 19. It says, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery in Europe, witchcraft in Africa, <laughs> enmity, strife, jealousy, Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, 
and like and things like these. It says, I warn you as I've warned before that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when you hear such a message, immediately you want to stand up and say, oh, I better earn my salvation. No. The salvation that we have received of Christ is to be worked out. It is not to be worked to earn like a salary. Because it is by grace that you are saved. Apart from works, it is by faith. And even that faith is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. So that no one can boast. Amen? Some of you are here sitting, ah, fits of anger. I should have invited my, my, <laughs> my husband today. This is not for that other person that didn't come today. It is for you. Look at your neighbor in the eye. <laughs> Don't say anything. Just look. <laughs> That's enough. They know what you're talking about. They know. So a fit is something that overtakes someone without their control. And in this context, it means that a person is suddenly overtaken by anger and is unable to control themselves. Now... Mr. Charles Darwin has brought us the theory of evolution. And that theory of evolution has implications. Every idea, every thought has repercussions. Every idea. Watch out for every idea you entertain, whether it be in your relationships, in your marriage, in your workplace, with your children. Every thought has repercussions. And the implication of evolutionary theory Meaning that we've evolved from some single-celled organism all the way to this glorious human being that you see. Through the process that went all the way through the monkeys and the primates. The implication is that you are just an evolved animal. Unable to restrain your passions. You are being socialized all the more every day. So that somehow we can have a society where somebody is decent and eats with their mouth closed. But God did not create us as animals and evolve us into humans. Animals have something, for those of you who have pets, animals have something called instinct. Instinct means I'm reacting from my animal nature. I can't help it. You poke me in the ear, I will bite. Huh. So you, pull my, you pull my tail, I will bark. But human beings, human beings have something called response ability. Between impulse and reaction, there is a large gap. A large gap. <laughs> called decision. <laughs> Somebody is having a revival. And, and this is the great opportunity you have. Because now you don't any longer have to think, yeah, but I was colonized, and because I was colonized, therefore now I am the way that I am. No. Regardless of what happens to you, between what happens to you 
and what you do about it, there is a huge ocean, a huge ocean <laughs> called decision. And that ocean, that decision place is what gives you glory as a human being. It's what distinguishes you from the beast. And God wanted it to be so he created us with that enshrined free will. One, if you don't have free will, imagine marrying, marrying a lady that you forced. And when, when you, you gave her the manual, you know, I like to eat at these times. I like to be told I love you at 9 o'clock and at 4 o'clock. Whenever she does those things, do you believe that she's doing it sincerely? No. Now, how, how will God, God who knows even more the thoughts of men, how will he have genuine love and affection relationships with those that he is controlling? Your free will and your free, your free will is the greatest gift to God. Amen? So you have an opportunity. Some of you, we're talking about fits of anger today, but that that truth concerning how you've got a free freedom to choose between what, what the impulse is, many marriages will be saved just because of that truth. You cannot say, yeah, my wife made me do it because the devil made her do it. And uh, you don't have to go there. Regardless of what happens to you, you always have a decision. There's a man called Viktor Frankl. He was one of the prisoners in the Holocaust the Jewish Holocaust, where the Germans were, were killing Jews. And he was loving towards his captors. How do you love somebody that is harming and destroying you? This is a freedom that comes from God. He says, this is true freedom. Regardless of what anyone is doing to me, that I'm able to still love them. This is true freedom. And this is the height of the walk that God has given to us as believers. That we will not only be trying to do things to try and earn God's favor because Christ has done that for us. But that we will now begin to use that freedom to do that which God has called us to do. Amen? Some of us are fit in terms of sports, and running. But others are having fits of anger. <laughs> I am unfit when it comes to sports, but I have to deal with fits of anger. Rage. You are going down the Western Bypass, <laughs> And uh, Mark CD is playing, you know, the worship team released a new CD. You are worshiping in tongues. <laughs> and here comes a taxi, you know, sent from hell. <laughs> <laughs> and the tongues all of a sudden change into something else. Rage. And we've seen it on our roads so many times. It's called road rage. It's an actual thing where the flesh begins to take over. And many people have on the street murdered someone because they've lost control. 
Only because I wanted to be there five minutes before the time, or I wanted. What's the origin of anger in our Christian context? Apart from what you experience in your flesh, many times the way that you're brought up as a child, the things that you go through in your teenage years, and the things that you've experienced in your relationships begin to give you a message in your heart that justifies your anger. It becomes an approach that you take in terms of self-preservation. Without pride, without pride there cannot be contention. Meaning, without pride there cannot be fighting. Is there anyone here you haven't been fighting in your relationships? You need to sprinkle water on all of us. Right? Because the foundation, the foundation of anger is selfishness. But Jesus Christ has come to give us freedom from selfishness. The man who is not born again is bound to be selfish. Even in his religious practices. Lord, I'm giving to you, but I know in the back of my motive, it is because I know that I'm going to get more than I'm giving, so therefore I'm giving. Woe be unto you, young lady, if you marry such a selfish guy. Woe be unto you, young man, if you marry such a selfish woman. But Christ has come to give us liberty and an escape from a life of selfishness. Selfishness is not just, hmm, I eat four slices instead of three slices. Selfishness is self-worship. Because many of us embrace selfishness as if it's good. Selfishness is self-worship. You must be able to say, Lord, I'm going to choose between self and between Christ. There's only one seat, there's only one throne on your heart. Either you give it to Jesus or you will give it to yourself. And if you give it to yourself, the works of the flesh are evident. Self, uh, uh, sexual immorality, murder, all of those things. And for many of us, we've grown up in homes where we've seen violence. And it's almost like it's being normalized. In some cultures... It is normal for the husband to beat the wife. In fact, in some cultures, if that is not happening, the wife will tell her girlfriends, something is wrong in the relationship. He doesn't really love me. Amen? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> it's true. Something is wrong in the relationship. And for some of us, anger has become our defense. Because if you don't have a relationship with God, insecurity becomes the theme of your life. And all you do is motivated out of self-preservation. But God has a better plan. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 5, even when we were dead in our trespasses, we were made alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved 
And you've been raised up with him and seated us with Christ, with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, when you got born again, we always do an altar call after the service. If you are here and you don't know Jesus, you want to give your heart to him, you want this eternal life, come forward, come. When people come here, have you ever seen their bodies change? Meaning they were overweight maybe, and then you know, after the prayer it's like, wow, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> no. If you were here and you only have grade two education, and you came to receive Christ, it doesn't all of a sudden mean that you now know calculus. But what happened? When you came to receive Christ, what became alive is your spirit. Amen? And once you were born again, you were truly, this is a reality. You are truly born anew in your spirit. The Bible says that flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. The spirit that you've received is an offspring of God Almighty. That's why we say you're a child of God. It is a true thing. It is not a religious concept. Right. So when, when, when we were unsaved, we were dead in our trespasses. We could not help but be full of fits of anger, full of envy, full of jealousy, sexual immorality. You can't help it. Cats will meow. Dogs will bark and sinners will sin. So we cannot be angry at them. But we must preach the gospel so that they can receive salvation out of it. When you came, you received salvation. You received eternal life into your spirit. And it was by grace that you were saved. Look at Philippians 2. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now... Not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, this is it. Most people come to church, and that is the extent of their working out their salvation. Many of us here, if not our parents or our friends, there's always someone promoting education in our lives. No, you need to get a degree. Then you need to get a master's degree. Then you need to get a PhD. You need to increase and improve yourselves. That's all very good. But what are you doing when it comes to your walk with God? Some of you, now it's no longer um, education. Now it's exercise. You need to join the CrossFit. You need to run that mountain and this competition. And you need to run to and hike this place. And you need to lose weight. But what are you doing with regards to your walk with God? The Apostle Paul said it this way. Exercise, physical exercise is good. It's of little, it's of some benefit. But spiritual exercise is of profit in this life and in the next. So when we are here preaching to you, this is part of your exercise. You are having the right uh, protein shake this morning. <laughs> Amen? To be able to build you up. When we say come to the grow course, when we say be in the connect, when we say be in the word, it is so that you are beginning to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is... God who works in you both to will and to work his good pleasure. Meaning, you don't have any lack of desire, motivation that is coming from the outside. But the issue is here. Why? 
between impulse <laughs> and reaction, there is the mind. The book of Romans says it this way, Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't be conformed to the way the world works. What does the world say? I, I was born like this. I am just like my grandfather's brother. He also had a, a bad temper. You know, we, we from this family, we are hot. We, are, we have hot tempers. <laughs> we are hot. Don't play with us. Huh? You are born again now you, and you're still talking and referring to Adam and his sins. The day you got born again, your genealogy has passed from Adam to Jesus. No longer come and tell us, no, but my great-grandfather had this genetic what, 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 and that because of, yes, 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 that might be there. But because of what Christ has done, he that is in Christ is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. But because you don't know it, that devil will convince you. You remember, you don't know your family tree. Let me explain to you. And he will explain to you your family tree your family tree to justify your immorality but Christ has come to set us free from that nonsense amen you know what is the most frustrating thing growing up as a, as a believer and not knowing enough yet to be victorious in a certain area is the fact that the enemy can still come and lie to you so many times and you will think yeah man it's true man the devil says, yeah, yeah, I know, because I mean, <laughs> and the devil can lie to you, and you will just eat that stuff. I'm telling you, how many of you, you don't have a Bible here? It's illegal in your suburb to have a Bible. In Namibia, it's still not illegal to have a Bible. You better read it, study it, know it ASAP. Amen? How many of you, you've got a cell phone? Yeah? How many of you, you know how your cell phone works? All the functions, everything. <laughs> everything. And if you don't know, where do you go? To the manual. How many of you, you still have the manual? <laughs> we don't. Throw away the box, throw away the manual, work it out. And it's the same thing that we do in our relationship with God. And so when we're talking about Having this life that Christ has given us and working it out and living it out, it is not something that we should wait on God to do in us. How many of you, you know that you've been waiting on God to come and work out all the, all the salvation that he put in you? No, God has done everything and more. If you see his son hanging on the cross, you see 100% God's effort. Amen? So this morning it says here, for it's God who works in you, both to will and to work his good pleasure. And then it says, do all things without grumbling and disputing or fighting, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. This is who you are, child of God. 
you know, sometimes we have this picture of the Christian life just being a struggle, a struggle, a struggle, a struggle, a struggle, a struggle. From one side of struggle to another side of struggle. Struggle, 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 struggle. We are the true spiritual struggle kids. <laughs> but... This is what the Word of God says. It says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. There is a life of victory in this area. We've been watching the World Cup now. It is quite a time of tempers as well. <laughs> I, I can't see. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> right? And uh, especially, Alden Nelson was preaching in the first service. He was saying, especially this year, the World Cup has caused many tears. <laughs> many tears and many fits of anger. Some of us, we've had to change teams for four or five times, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme. I saw a meme just yesterday saying that I've changed team so many times. Now I decided just to support the trophy. <laughs> Go trophy, right? And I mean, people get their emotions involved and all of that. And you've even got some of the guys that pretend to be injured and they're rolling all over the place. <laughs> and the, the thing is that people think that living a life that your emotions drive is normal. It might be normal for you if you are not born again. But once you are born again, you need to harness that horse. I know for us in our culture, we are not a horse riding culture. Eh? But just sort of suppose with me <laughs> if you if you're riding a horse there's a reason why that horse has those harnesses the ropes right that your emotions are like that horse it's a mighty beast that is not to be toyed with but it must be kept under check and control the lives of some people i don't know what's happening to me the horse doesn't have any, any ropes. And they are hanging here from under the bed. <laughs> as that horse is just taking them. <laughs> on a path of destruction. When Christ comes into your life, he gives you charge of the ropes. Amen. Now, whenever your wife, you know, says something that you didn't expect her to say, you can just say, oh, thank you, Jesus, my horse is <laughs> in check. Amen? And there's really something that needs to change, quarreling. You know, I have to share from, from our life as well, you know. My wife is the most forgiving person I have met. You know, to the point where, you know, when you are forgiven too quickly, you think, oh, this person is not, <laughs> they, they don't understand the issue seriously. <laughs> But the word says forgive quickly. No, but. <laughs> right? I don't know if you know such people. Right? 
you, you had maybe an altercation, a, qual a, a quarreling, you know. Then they are ready to sleep. <laughs> and you are like, how can you sleep? <laughs> wow. You know. They are just like forgiveness is flowing, even in the dream. <laughs> and I had to learn, I had to learn to deal with my heart. I had to learn to deal with my heart. And I had to recognize that there is such a thing as a spirit, a demonic spirit of strife and anger. That makes you argue over the crack in the wall. For 45 hours. <laughs> and then after you've argued through, then you've got your manipulations. Whether it's the cold shoulder or the silent treatment. For those of you who didn't say anything, you don't know those things. Wait till you are married. <laughs> we teach them in the premarital counseling. You, you begin to realize how there is a demonic spirit that is after your life. And in fact, the word of God says yeah, that you need to live with your spouse in peace so that your prayers cannot be hindered. So if the devil knows your prayers are going to be hindered, what's he going to do? He's just going to bring some fits of anger. The victims of this anger issue are the ones that we claim to love. Except, of course, when it's the taxi driver. I remember a good friend of mine whom the Lord did uh, transformational work in. He used to hate taxi drivers. Maybe hate is a strong word, but he strongly disliked them. <laughs> and he almost wanted to make it a prayer point. This is a situation. These guys, you know. And God really changed his heart to the point where taxi drivers and the way they drove no, no longer became his issue. There is freedom in Christ. There is freedom in Christ. When we're calling people to come to salvation, we are not calling them to a list of do's. We are calling them to a life of true freedom. True freedom. And so most of us go into this mode, anger management, or more rightly called sin management. We just manage it. And many people have this notion that the life of, of Christianity is just a, a, a management of sin. You just try and manage it. You will never be able to overcome those things. That's another lie of the enemy that he puts out there. Right? Don't, don't resist it, my sister. This is just how you are, right? So what happens is your life is flooded with condemnation. You can never be a testimony to your other friend who is not saved. And let me say this, because I'm also in the marketplace, in the boardrooms, even in the boardrooms, where you have a code of ethics, code of conduct, people are cursing one another out as if it's acceptable. You find yourself in a company where people are full of anger and rage. Talk about unions. So this thing is a serious thing, but it is only the tip of the iceberg. The root, the root is inside. Go back. So 
you, you must not just manage sin. The Bible says that you are no longer under the law, but you are under grace. And sin will not have dominion over you. Look at your neighbor and say, don't let it dominate you like that. You are better than that. I know you. <laughs> huh? I mean, for most of us, we boast about how we've been liberated from our colonial masters and we've been liberated from our slave owners and we've been liberated from our uh, dominant men and we've been liberated blah 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 and now we are dominated by our sinful nature true freedom lies not in the external fetters in the external chains that they should be removed. True freedom is of the heart. I have the privilege of having my, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law. They're visiting us. Wonderful. And we were sharing just yesterday about how Africa has an opportunity. Africa, you have an opportunity. Forget the past. Begin to mine what you've got. There's an opportunity for Africa. We're talking now and praying now for Zimbabwe. Opportunity. In the past, yes, the oppressors were here. But today, who is the oppressor? Mr. Corruption in the office. That brother is turning against brother in the same tribe. You cannot blame that on Jan van Riepiek. <laughs> that guy died already. That guy died already. Now we have to deal with our, we've got our own resources, we are in power. Let us make this thing work. Amen. I don't know who is a politician here, this word is for you. Yeah? We are hearing wonderful news about what's happening in Rwanda and what's happening in, is it Tanzania? Yeah, and so God is, is, is moving across the continent and raising men and women who are willing to say, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to take this opportunity between impulse and reaction. There is a gap here where we can say, Lord, lead us by the hand. Amen. So how do you deal with this anger? You have to recognize it, first of all. There are some of you, when, when, you, when, you, when you're having a disagreement, and your friend or your spouse or, or your colleague says to you, calm down, you say, I am calm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, 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 you are calm, okay. <laughs> you must first not be in denial. You cannot be in that long river. <laughs> you cannot be in denial. You must admit. You must say, yeah, yeah, this, in this area, you know. <laughs> and you can't say, no, it's just because my cousin and my uncles don't even go there. Just say, it's, it's something that comes from that nature that I got from Adam, that Jesus came to address. That's step one. You cannot take medication for something that you do not admit you have. 
So let the doctor <laughs> diagnose you and tell you, my brother, fits of anger. It's written all over here. All over here. Take off your shirt. Yeah, it's also written all over here. <laughs> and then let me see your toes. It's in your toenails as well. So you have to admit that this is, and this is what the Word of God says in 1 John 1 verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, yeah, if we admit our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. This is powerful. This is powerful. So therefore, you, you start by admitting, this is where I am. And this is the problem. Most people don't want to admit that they're a sinner, so therefore they don't need Jesus. They think they're a good person, but they just struggle here and there. No, 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 no. You must recognize that you are a sinner. In fact, that you hate God in your heart of hearts. The God that you love is the one you made up in your mind that agrees with everything that you believe. But if we agree with God and say, yes, I need your grace. I need you to help me in this area. That's when you can now begin to repent. The word repent means to transform your mind, change your thinking. And that change of thinking has results in your actions. Amen? You'll have to go home, and the next time the spirit of, 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 of anger and strife begins to tell you, you see, you see what she did there? You see, you see, that? <laughs> that's disrespect, that's disrespecting, right? When the spirit of anger begins to minister that to you, you have to be able to say no. No. But if you are not aware of it, you'll just say, yeah, man, yeah. I cannot be. Amen. And sometimes there's this idea that, that um, women have that they have emotions and men don't have emotions. Have you heard that, brothers? I said, like, how can you be so heartless? And <laughs> you have no emotions. We have emotions. Maybe we don't cry, but we have anger <laughs> and wrath. But women also have anger. You saw the story in the newspaper about the lady that killed her husband because of the HIV situation? Yeah, she killed him because he gave her HIV. You didn't see that. So our society, uh, you don't have to go to Sodom and Gomorrah now. You don't have to go to Amsterdam or wherever, Sin City or Bangkok. You can be here in Namibia and see that people need Jesus. And I'm telling you, Today, they are arresting CEOs and, and banking executives huh? for money laundering and for what, what, and accounting. Uh, and you see the Steinoff situation. Today, they are trying to bring them to book. But when they were at university, they were teaching them that you are evolved from a monkey and truth is relative. There are no absolutes. You decide what is right and wrong. There is no God who will hold you accountable. So the, the, the guy got 100% in that class, and now he's applying it in the office, and now you are arresting me. <laughs> this whole thing fits together. Ultimately, it's not about your wife, what she said. It's not about your friend, what they said. It's not about the taxi driver, what he said. It's not about your boss, how they angered you. It's about who you think God is. 
and who you think you are in relation to God. Because some people think that God exists for me. They think they are Aladdin and God is the genie. Whenever they need something, they will come to the prayer line. You know, Lord, I just <laughs> And then God will just, you know, give them their heart's desire. We do not exist for ourselves. We exist for God. And the word of God says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you admit, you repent. It says here in Ephesians 4 verse 26. Be, be angry and do not sin. Another version says, while you're angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Deal with it. And then, wait, go back. Verse 27 says, do not give the devil a foothold. Same context. So, in your anger, watch out. And then... Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Reconcile. Sort this thing out. I know for many of us, you know, sometimes at such late nights trying to resolve anger. Two o'clock in the morning, my husband, tomorrow is school. And having to deal with all that pride in my heart. Because it requires, look at your neighbor and say, it requires humility. In your heart. <laughs> it says in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you are still angry next verse and do not give the devil a foothold some of you think yeah, how can i even how can i even win against the devil when god tells you to do something it's because you can he doesn't ask of you something that you have no ability for. In fact, in Christ, he's provided everything. For it is he who works in you to will and to act according to, you, to his good pleasure. All right. James chapter 1. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. This save here is the, the transformational salvation that is happening in your mind, your will, and your emotions. You are firstly, of course, born again through the word of God, incorruptible. But then your mind has to be renewed through the word of God. Some of you, you need to be rebuked by the word of God to say, hey, that's not right. You can't speak to your children like that. You can't speak to your wife like that. Says who? Says God. Says God. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and heart. This is, this is it. This is what he's saying. God has given us the ability to choose. Regardless, and I'm telling you, this is a key to success. Between impulse <laughs> and response is a gap called decision. If you remember nothing else, just go out remembering somebody who's got a gap between the teeth here. Yeah? Yeah, that's a good picture to remind you. Yeah? Between one tooth and the other tooth, there is a gap. 
Amen. Called decision. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and when you see them, let the Lord minister to you. You see that gap? <laughs> that gap there is decision. Amen. This is the power of the believer. This is the power that we have in Christ. And this is what you must choose your children so that you don't raise a bunch of victims. Yeah? So that you raise victors. We're able to begin to apply God's word in our hearts and in our lives. Amen? So let's run a good race by renouncing anger every day. You have to recognize. And you, you can ask the Holy Spirit, there's a gift called the gift of descending of spirits. You'll be able to tell when you're trying to start an argument with your friend or with your, with your wife or with your husband. You'll be able to tell. It says, the starting of an argument is like the ringing of the nose. <laughs> it will produce blood. Proverbs. It also says, the starting of an argument is like the breaking, the crack of a dam. Why? Continue, <laughs> and that water will destroy. Stop it right there before the devil gets to you. I remember reading a book when I was in high school on, on demons and, you know, casting out demons and all of that. Quite a book that you don't read at night, you know. Otherwise, <laughs> able to see like, who's there? You know, and, uh, <laughs> and the wind is blowing, you know. But in that part, I remember distinctly in high school a picture where there was a mother that is holding a baby in a, on her side like this, and she's in the kitchen trying to cook. Né? And then the husband just arrived, and he's quarreling with the wife, and he's holding his briefcase. And they think they're having a normal argument. But then they showed the other picture where they show like demonic um, images of the one is trying to provoke the child to cry the other one is here making the pot to burn the other one is making the wife to feel criticized the other one is making the husband to feel disrespected and then the other one is just like this like a supervisor demon thing mm, mm, this is this is working <laughs> do not give him a foothold it says submit yourself unto god resist the devil and he will flee from you I hope in your marriage at least one of you <laughs> is able to detect. Now what some people do is, yeah, I can see the devil is now in the house today. <laughs> I can see the devil, he was given off time from work today to come and... Yeah, don't do that. That is not the Christian response. In your heart, in your heart, begin to pray and say, I bind this thing in the name of Jesus. Yeah? It says a gentle answer quietens wrath, but a harsh one, I see the devil, a harsh one stirs it up. Amen? And I just want to also say, while growing up, I noticed this thing, and my father was very notorious for this. When, they, when he's, we would drive from church, I'm going to finish now. We would drive from church, and then you see a fight on the street. My father would stop the car <laughs> to go and try and stop the fight, you know. Now, if you have street kids, you understand you don't do those things. But he's the pastor. And we are all in the car. Dad! Dad! <laughs> And it is so important, men, men, if you are living next door to a woman who is getting beaten by her husband, do something. 
Don't be like, oh no, my wife, let's mind our own business, you know. Or turn up, turn up your shout to the Lord of the earth. Let us sing. <laughs> Don't turn up your, your praise and worship and your tongues. Call the police, knock on the door, do something. Amen. The only thing, yes. 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 The only thing that it takes for evil to prosper is for good men to do nothing. Amen? Tell your neighbor, not on my watch. While I'm here, that devil will sweat. <laughs> Amen? So you got to rebuke anger in your, in your own heart, and then you, you got to know that you've received freedom in Christ. Amen? John 8 verse 36, So if the Son sets you free, then you will be free indeed. Let us stand. So right where you are, just begin to ask the Holy Spirit to show you the areas where you are opening the door to anger, where you're opening the door to the enemy. And just right there, begin to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, I'm just shutting those doors this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Chains are breaking this morning in the name of Jesus. You shall know the truth, and the truth is making you free this morning. No more addiction to anger, no more addiction to rage, no more addiction to quarreling. It breaks this morning in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, that this morning, sons and daughters are realizing their freedom in Christ. Between what is around them and trying to affect them, and their response is a big chasm called decision, called the throne of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, this morning that humility will dominate in this area, Lord God. Uh, Father, by your word, you begin to open our eyes, Lord God. Every time the enemy wants to come into a relationship, into a situation, your word says, Lord, bless other peacemakers. And we are peacemakers, Lord. Father, I pray for every single marriage, every single home that is represented here this morning. I pray, Lord, where anger has ruined lives, Lord. We declare a turnaround this morning in the name of Jesus, Lord. We declare, Lord God, that your spirit's conviction is going to come, Lord, upon husbands, upon wives, upon mothers and fathers, Lord God upon children, Lord God. That anger will no longer begin to be a, a dominant factor in this family, Lord God. We pray for your grace this morning to be released. In Jesus' name. If you are here this morning, you might have come to church this morning, but you are not born again. You haven't given your heart to Christ. You might have done religious things in the past, but you don't know God. Or in the past, you've backslid and you are far from God. And God is speaking to you this morning. And you are saying, Lord, I want to come back home. I want to come to know you. I want a relationship with Jesus. A living, true relationship with Jesus. 
And if you're here this morning, we want to pray with you this morning. So if that's you, just raise your hand. We want to pray for you this morning. I see that hand. Is there any other hand? You are here this morning and you are saying, I don't just want to be religious. I see those hands. I want to know God for myself. I see those hands. Is there anybody else? The Word of God says, when you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. And Jesus is here and He's speaking to you. And I want you to make a bold statement because Jesus died in public. He died on a cross in public for you. And I want you to come forward and receive Christ in front of everyone. Not hiding it, not being ashamed of it, but saying, I want to receive Jesus. So come to the front and come and receive Jesus right now. Yes, come, come, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. I saw a hand back there. Come. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. The Lord Jesus is here to forgive you. If there's anybody else, please come. Can I have some leaders here behind them? The Lord Jesus Christ, He came to die in your place. The anger of God was upon sinners. But God loved them. And he sent his son in their place to die in their place. So that your sins can be forgiven. So that you can receive a new life in you. Today, I give you good news. As you are coming here, you are receiving forgiveness of all your sins. From today, God will smile at you. Because you have received his son. Hold your hands open like this. Let us pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I hear your voice. And I come to you. I know I'm a sinner. I know that I don't deserve anything. But today, I hear the good news. That you died in my place. And I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you were buried and that on, after three days you rose from the dead and you are alive today. Lord Jesus, come into my heart right now. Transform me. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a new heart. Give me a new spirit. I receive eternal life today. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. Fill me with your wisdom. Fill me with your desires. Change my life today. Today I declare that I'm a child of God. My past is behind me. I have a new future and a new father in Jesus' name. Father, I pray your blessing over them. I declare, Lord, that from today, every evil spirit, Lord, that has been tormenting their lives must go in Jesus' name. Father, we declare that they are being moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, Lord. That eternal life is coming into their spirits right now. In Jesus' name. That they will know that they can never be the same again. That they have seen the light of God. And the truth of God is in them. Father, today 
we welcome them into the family of God. And we rejoice with heaven. And we say hallelujah in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is somebody behind you. They are one of our trusted leaders. They are just going to continue to pray with you, continue to encourage you, to just explain what happened in your heart, in your life. This is like being born as a child. You cannot have a child be born and put them on the steps there. They need a family. They need a community where they will be protected and where you will see in a few months and years time, you will be strong in the Lord. Others will come to Christ because of your witness. You will be the light in the darkness wherever you go. In Jesus' name. Amen.